0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia, we're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. You may know what happens for the life and deaths of stars, but what about galaxies? What makes a galaxy alive, and can a galaxy even die? Well, these are the questions we dive into when we find out just how exactly galaxies are measured in terms of their activity and their livelihood, and also how galaxies can die and what might cause it. So you may be familiar with what will eventually happen to our sun. In another 4 or 5 billion years, it will gradually expand up to becoming a red giant will cool down a bit as it expands using up its fuel and starting to melt its remaining resources then after it gets through that sequence it'll stay there for a bit of while in the swollen but cooler state to fall down to become a white dwarf star eventually that white dwarf star will run out of nuclear fuel and just become a cold empty shell of itself now that's what will happen to our sun but i guess Another question is, what happens to all the other stars out there in the universe? We know, of course, that some of them go nova. Some of them collapse into black holes. Some become white dwarfs. This life cycle of stars, we think we have a pretty good handle on. Sometimes we'll come across something that surprises or shocks us, but for the most part, our understanding of, in general, what happens to stars is pretty straightforward. But what about a group of stars? What about a collection of stars that we would call a galaxy? Now, we know galaxies can do a lot of interesting things. We know they can collide. We can know they can merge. We know that there might be black holes at the centre of a fair number of these galaxies, including our own, the Milky Way. But can a galaxy die? And that's exactly what researchers are trying to investigate. Well, more like stumbled into by chance and from this we're going to talk about a study published in the paper nature astronomy with lead author anna grazia pulisi from the university of durham working as part of the european space observatories or european southern observatories mission at the atacama large millimeter submillimeter array alma in the atacama desert in chile now this team of researchers with and a class of policy being the key one on this study, have been trying to investigate what happens when a galaxy dies. Now, for a galaxy to die, it will have to stop forming new stars. Much in the same way you would say that an animal or a plant dies if it stops sprouting new shoots or growing or producing green leaves. If a galaxy stops making new stars, well, then we could probably consider it dead. Now, that's a pretty coarse term and says nothing about life, but just more on a fundamental level. If the galaxy is not creating new different types of stars in a cycle, well, then it's, it's a dead area of space. Now, what they managed to discover scanning across the sky is a galaxy fair distance away, but it's undergoing a pretty remarkable transformation or a remarkable deconstruction of itself which will pretty rapidly lead to its demise. Now, the galaxy is called ID 2299, and light takes 9 billion years from that galaxy to reach us, which means when we're observing it right now, what we're actually seeing is light from when the universe was just 4.5 billion years old. Now, what is the astonishing thing about this research is that ID 2299 is ejecting stellar gas, star-forming gas, the kind of materials you need to form a stellar nursery, a nebula, somewhere where stars can grow out of. This key stellar gas is being ejected from this galaxy at an incredibly startling rate, insanely fast. It's jettisoning around 10,000 suns' worth of gas a year. So imagine all the gas inside our sun, and then multiply that by about 10,000. And that's how much it's just blowing off into the empty part of the universe. Can't really say blowing off into space because it's already in space, but it's just jettisoning itself, jettisoning all this key stellar material away from its core out into the rest of the universe at just a real astonishing rate. Now, why is that important? Well, because it's ejecting so much of the gas a year it's actually removing an astonishing 46% of the total cold gas from that galaxy. Now, this cold gas is what these stars need to form. And the thing is, there is cold gas still left in ID 2299, the other 54%, but because this is a relatively young period of stellar history, again, we're talking about a period of time that we're observing that's 4.5 billion years old age of the universe. So there's a lot of stars being formed and those stars being formed at a rate hundreds of times faster than our Milky Way is forming new stars. Again, because it's early in the life of that galaxy. So a lot of new stars are being created and a lot of this cold gas is being ejected, which means that it will only take a few tens of millions of years before all of that cold stellar gas, the gas required to form stars in ID 2299 is just gone that means no new stars will be able to be formed in a few tens of millions of years which on the scale of billions of years we're talking about here of a galaxy's lifetime that's remarkably short that means after around five billion years this galaxy won't be able to produce substantial more new numbers of stars now there'll still be stars in that galaxy and there would be the occasional one formed after, say, a supernova and the spreading of more stellar material. But this large bulk of stellar cold gas that's needed to form stars is gone. Now, the researchers believe that what led to this tremendous eruption of gas and being ejected from this galaxy was actually a collision between two galaxies, because we're pretty sure ID 2299, this galaxy, is actually a combination, a merger, of two prior galaxies that collided together and amalgamated into then one galaxy. Now, how do we know that these two galaxies merged? Well, you can look for something that astronomers call a tidal tail. A tidal tail is an elongated stream of stars and gas and other matter that extend out from a galaxy and into interstellar space, or galactic space because it's the space between two galaxies at this point. And you can see this pretty commonly when galaxies merge, you end up with bits of it just being streamed off. Now, when the team was observing a tidal tail ID 2299, they managed to see how bright several of those features were relatively compared to the rest of it. And they were seeing that just at the point where that tidal tail merges away from the galaxy, it's exceptionally bright. And that means they were able to sort of try to dive deeper into what was going on in this tidal tale. Now, up until now, most astronomers had believed that, yes, you could eject gas from a galaxy. And yes, that could lead to the death of a galaxy because it didn't have any star fuel left. But this would normally be the result of a black hole sort of stripping away or sucking up or flinging off any of that matter. And they could form what they call these winds, these wind patterns emerging out of the stars. And that's what scientists used to believe what was responsible for launching that star material into intergalactic space. But from this study, they've actually identified another way, and that is that through the collision mechanism, you basically can create these big streams of not only planets and other material floating away, but also a lot of the gas, basically having a vortex streaming away. Now, because these researchers have now tied together these tidal tails these merger ejections from a galaxy now that they know that this could also involve ejecting gas well that is great news because now old tidal tail discoveries can be re-examined in a new light helping researchers just understand how common this ejection of stellar material into intergalactic space is and this study itself was made by chance because this alma research experiment was only designed to look at coal gas in only around 100 faraway galaxies. They only had been looking at ID 2299 for a few minutes when they made this observation. But it shows the power of some of these telescopes to look extremely far into the past by looking far away and detect amazing things about what's happening at those galaxies and stars as they make their way through the universe. And all this helps us understand and and re examine our understanding of how a galaxy lives and how a galaxy can die and the death of a galaxy in one place may mean the injection of stellar material somewhere else and the formation of perhaps a nebula star and maybe even a new galaxy itself now this paper is published in the journal nature astronomy the lead author ana grazia pulisi and a large research team from the european southern observatory a little bit about galaxies dying fading out losing all their stellar material but what makes a galaxy vibrant active one pulsing with energy and with life well a good way for astronomers to classify this is to define what they call active galaxies these are galaxies with unusually bright and variable centers that means the large core of that galaxy is pulsing, sometimes these objects can produce much more energy than the combined contribution of all of their stars. That could be through visible light, maybe even ultraviolet and X-ray light pulsing out of its core. Now normally astrophysicists think that these extra missions come from the area near the galaxy's central supermassive black hole where a swirling disk of gas and dust accumulates, heats up, and then because of gravitational and frictional forces gets warmer and warmer and warmer, but slowly that black hole consumes that material and that causes all that energy to have these massive spikes and random fluctuations. All this leads to the emission of all kinds of light being visible, ultraviolet, and x ray now, finding an active galaxy is pretty exciting. But when you see a galaxy far, far away that's blinking and flashing at you, that makes you stop and pay attention. And that's exactly what researchers from NASA Goddard Space Flight Centre, using NASA's Neil Gehrels Swift Observatory and the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, TESS, they were staring at a certain region of space and well, what they ended up finding was pretty astonishing. What they've discovered is what NASA graduate fellow, University of Hawaii Manoa, Anna Payne, has described as old faithful-like in detail. And by that, she's referring to the geyser in Yellowstone National Park called Old Faithful that regularly blasts jets of boiling water high into the air. And what they've managed to find in space called ASA-ASSN-14KO, which we can just call Intergalactic Old Faithful. Well, this object's bursting out all kinds of vibrant light and energy pretty periodically. Exactly every 114 days, we get these huge jets of energy coming out from this region of space. And what they believe is happening is it's a supermassive black hole at the galaxy's centre that as it's spinning, it's just chipping away at a nearby star, partially consuming bite after bite after bite of that star, causing these big spikes in emissions of energy. And 14KO is currently the best example of a periodic variability in an active galaxy, because over six years of data, they've got these 20 things of periodic Bursts, and then a break, and then more periodic burst, But to get all this information, they have to study this object in tremendous detail. It was first detected way back in 2014 by the All-Sky Automated Survey for Supernova. It's a global network of 20 robotic telescopes, which is run out of Ohio State University. Now, this eruption is happening in a galaxy called eso it's an active galaxy because it has a lot of bright core that's around 570 million light years away so far but not super far away if you were to look for it in the sky it would be in the southern constellation pictor now at the time Astronomers thought that the first burst that they discovered was actually a supernova. That's why it was picked up by this supernova observatory. But after six years, it's starting to look less like a supernova and more like something else quite unusual. She saw... Researcher Anna Payne, who started combing over that data, noticed that there was a strange light curve basically the graph of the brightness over time. There were these series of spikes, or evenly spaced flares, a total of 17 of them, all separated by about 114 days. Each flare led to a peak in brightness that lasted for around five days. Then it diminished away. Then around 114 days later, you get another big spike, spurs of brightness of energy, and then it would drop away again, steadily dimming. Now, they predicted, based on this data, that the next flare-up would be on May 17th in 2020. And knowing that, they turned as many observatories as possible, ground-based and space-based facilities, using different types of measurements to see what energy and what light was being produced by this strange object. And... Not only did they pick up that May 17th eruption, they also saw some on September 7th and December 20th, again, that 114 days. Now, based on the data that they collected from all of these different observatories, satellites, and missions that were staring up at this region of space on these exact days, they were able to piece together a pretty good timeline and study of what could be causing it. Now we don't know for sure, but there could be three possible explanations for these repeating flares. Now one scenario might be interaction between the disks of two orbiting supermassive black holes at the galaxy's centre. So let's say instead of having one giant supermassive black hole, there were two, and they were orbiting, and I guess the debris fields around them colliding with each other. But recent measurements suggest that the galaxy might hold two such objects, but they're not close enough to account for the frequency, the number of flares that are seen. So putting that aside, the team considered another option, that a star was passing through that black hole's accretion disk around the edges on a really strange inclined orbit. In that case, scientists would expect to see asymmetrical shaped flares caused when the star disturbs the disk twice, one as it goes under and then one when it goes above the flat disk of the black hole so that seemed less likely because it wasn't asymmetrical because the flares from that galaxy all have the same shape and the third scenario is lead to be the most likely and that's a kind of partial tidal disruption event tidal disruption is when a star strays too close to a black hole and slowly starts to get gobbled up Gravitational forces create these intense tides inside the star that start to pull it apart, steadily a stream of gas at a time, peeling it off that star and into the black hole. The trailing part of that stream manages to bypass the event horizon and escape the system, while the leading part swings back around and circles down the drain into the black hole. Astronomers have seen bright flares from these events when they shed gas strikes the black hole's accretion disc leading to a huge burst of energy and thus perhaps a flare now for this to happen there should be one of the galaxy's supermassive black holes and they do think there are two in this particular galaxy would and would have to be around 78 million times bigger than our sun and it must be just partially disrupting the orbit of a giant star. Not close enough that it would gobble it up entirely rapidly, but just enough to take these pulls or these tidal disruptions at a time. Now, the star's orbit isn't circular, and each time it passes closest to the black hole, it bulges and gets stretched and sheds some mass, but doesn't break apart. And every counter just takes away a little bit more and a little bit more. And I say a little bit more because it's actually stripping out an amount of gas equal to about three times the mass of Jupiter. So little probably isn't the accurate term to describe it. But in terms of comparison to the star, it is. Now, we don't know how long these flares will last because that star can't get pulled and pulled and pulled forever. Eventually, that black hole will win that dance, pulling that star into it and stripping it away, or breaking it up into pieces and then slowly pulling in all of those pieces. But the next upcoming dates for an outburst would be April and August 2021, and we'll be able to capture more data from that. This is spectacular research where they've not only captured a period of time of an intergalactic event that's pretty stunning a very active galaxy chomping away at a star but to capture it so precisely and have calculated exactly how periodic it must be means that now researchers can tune their instruments like turning and tuning a clock or turning into a program they know exactly when to pay attention and they can see a pretty good show and eventually one day we may see something even more spectacular the destruction of that star There's some great research from NASA Goddard Space Flight Centre with a huge team of researchers all involved poring over this data and sharing as they watch this old faithful of intergalactic space. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. Incredibly active galaxies erupting with huge eruptions of light and energy incredibly periodically. Plus, what happens when a galaxy dies, ejecting all of its star-forming gas?